Welcome back to the Healthy with Heartland podcast. My name's Justin. I am your host, also joined with your favorite co-hosts and creative directors, Simon and Shannon. How are we feeling today? How's it going, Heartland fam? It's a sweltering, healthy day here at Heartland. <laughs> at least we're in the air conditioning. It's hot and we're not complaining. Not at all. Yes. <laughs> Summer is here. Vitamin D is free. It's amazing. That's right. Good stuff. Get out and enjoy. All right. So before we get into today's topic, which is going to be the deadly ingredient of PFAS, uh, let's do those announcements. All right. A couple quick announcements for you, Heartland family. If you are ready to restock from home without the hassle, we were just talking about that warmer weather. We definitely got you. So if you need to cool down, we're going to give you some of our Nick's ice cream along with your reorder absolutely free this month in June. So you can choose any four pints of our amazing Nick's ice cream flavors. It's a Swedish style light ice cream Super delicious, low in calories, and uh, really tasty. So definitely make sure to take advantage of that if you are ready to reorder. And with that, guys, let's go ahead and get into today's podcast. Awesome. First of all, the Nick's ice cream for being sugar-free, it's pretty good. Yeah, oh, it's, it's really good. The, and uh, what's really interesting, too, is they use plant-based ingredients to sweeten it. So it's all natural. Mm. Nice, good, healthy way for you to uh, cool yourself down with this summer heat. Yeah, and we got all the flavors. So whether you're, you know, a chocolate fan, you want something decadent like the coffee caramel or the salted caramel, mm -hmm. you can go that direction. Or if you prefer the uh, strawberry ice cream or the mint chocolate chip, you can go that way too. So we got a little something for everybody. That's right. Get them while they're hot <laughs> or cold. <laughs> Get them while they last because they'll be flying off the shelves for sure. Right. All right, let's get into it. Simon, kick us off. All right, yep. So as Justin mentioned, we're, we're talking about the PFAS, the deadly chemicals. And I think a great place to start um, is what are these and, um, you know, how are they affecting us in our, in our normal daily life? Because on this podcast, as we were talking about yesterday, uh, not yesterday, but last week, <laughs> last week <laughs> uh, with packaging and how that kind of affects us um, and just labels in general, now we want to kind of know like, hey, what are PFAS? How are we getting these uh, uh, harmful chemicals in our diet, in our bodies, and in the environment? Absolutely. So just a little bit of background information. Um, PFAS actually stands for PFAS, or polyfluoroalkyl chemicals. Mm. Um, so that's a mouthful for Try sure. Try saying that five times fast. <laughs> and there's a bunch of different versions. So you'll see many acronyms kind of explaining, you know, what they are, but they're a group of chemicals. Um, they're also known as perfluorinated chemicals or PFCs. Mm. Um, they're called emerging contaminants because right now uh, we are still studying them. We don't know a lot about them. And secondly, they're called uh, forever chemicals because they don't break down in the body or in the environment. And, oh uh, yeah, so it's very interesting, and we thought, uh, you know, maybe it would be an interesting topic to kind of cover, and yeah, let's get into a little bit more about, you know, where you can find them, um, you know, what we don't fully understand about them yet, um, and then maybe talk about um, some ways to avoid them. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's see. So a couple places that you can find them. They're present in our water, our soil, our air, and our food, as well as materials found in our homes. Um, so some of the more common ones would be like drinking water, uh, wells, um, public water, which is why we talk about the importance of, you know, filtering your water and knowing, you know, the stuff that's found in your water. Um, and I believe there's uh, a site which Justin mentioned previously where you can go and actually check, uh, you know, the chemicals and the things that are coming up in your water. Oh, yeah. um, you know, chlorines, um, 
prescription uh, drugs, things like that, some of the craziest things can be found in the water. So some something to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, so soil, um, water near waste sites or landfills, disposal disposal sites or hazardous waste areas, um, fire extinguisher, foam, <laughs> manufacturing or chemical production facilities, um, specific food and food packaging, which we're going to talk about a little bit. So more specifically, uh, consumer reports, as I'm sure you guys are familiar with, um, they test they tested over 100 different food packaging products from U.S. restaurants, fast food stores and supermarkets that we're all pretty familiar with. And they found dangerous PFAS chemicals in many of the products, including but not limited to um, paper bags for French fries, um, wrappers, uh, paper plates, um, salad bowls, and uh, molded fiber bowls and things like that. So lots of different things. Maybe if you want to bring up the uh, the image from the consumer reports. Okay. That one right here? Yeah. Yeah, so we just wanted to talk about, you know, food packaging and how, you know, that specifically can um, affect you. Um. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, uh, you know, basically in the environment, I mean, as you look at this, uh, you know, photo here, it's obviously from the environment getting into your body, but then also from the packaging that is in food. I mean, did you mention where it actually was invented? No. So it was invented in the 1930s. Uh, 3M was the manufacturer um, and they created it. So products like Scotchgard, similar things like that. But that's where it, it started. But it's, uh, it's morphed into, you know, much more than just that. And like we mentioned, it's used in a variety of different products and manufacturing. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so it's basically coming from the packaging and the food. And I guess it's you're absorbing it into how are you actually like... How does that actually happen? Yeah. Uh, I mean, like through digesting it, like if, if you're eating something out of that specific packaging or container, um, those products and those chemicals can leach into whatever food it is that you're eating or consuming. And then that gets into your body. They more specifically found it in the blood um, mm. and that it, it doesn't like break down or like dissolve or remove itself from the blood. So right now, one of the things they're trying to find is like, how do they get rid of it? How do they disintegrate it? How do they get it and remove it from the water? A lot of different things. Um, but the one thing that they do know for sure is that it does not break down. Mm. So that's that, pretty scary. Yeah. And uh, it says like the chemicals can migrate into the food and other products like we just mentioned. Um, and, and in things like household products like carpets, um, they'll leave like that kind of PFAS dust in the air. So it can mm. also be breathed in as well in terms of you being able to ingest it. Okay. Yeah. So just by touching the package or by touching these, these paper, because I mean, a lot of it is, is in the paper. Uh, yeah. Or like receipts, something like that, right? Well, yeah, they talk to you about like the um, food that's wrapped in something like a burger or like french fries, though that paper, yes, can leach into the product. Um, what was the other one you mentioned? Uh, I mean, it was just the packaging. But then, I mean, from packaging, I mean, it's not just in the f- in the food packaging. It's also in your cookware. and Yeah, nonstick cookware, um, other household products. Um, it's, it's found in like a lot of different things. They... They use it for manufacturing, so it's found, like I mentioned, in the fire extinguisher foam. Yeah. Um, like rugs with, like, Scotch Guard and stuff like that, so. Yep, things that ha- that you're just, like, spraying chemicals on to protect them. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that has, like, a durable or, like, water-resistant coating. So even, like, cosmetic products, um, they'll, like, water-resistant makeup, that can have the same thing. Or, like, clothing that's water-resistant yeah. or durable to liquids, um, that can have it as well. Okay. Yeah, so it's in a Man. range of different products. 
It's like just just add it to the list of volatile organic compounds that you know come from all different directions. Even like the furniture that we buy at off gases in our house is kind of like the rug. I mean, that stuff, that's why you got to do the air in the water. It's like they're finding the microplastics in the blood as well. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't come just from drinking out of a, a water bottle. It also comes from microplastics just coming in the water into your house. Yeah. So got to filter it. Yep. Yeah. And that's one thing we preach heavily here on this podcast is, you know, making sure that the environment that you're around for the most part is you know, free of those toxins and those chemicals and those kind of things, because the more that you're exposed to these things, you know, the more likelihood, uh, I think last week, Justin, you mentioned, you know, the fact that, you know, smoking has gone down, but, um, um, lung cancer is Mm -hmm. still a huge, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, ordeal and deal out there. And how are we getting these things? And it's by being exposed to, you know, all these different chemicals. Yeah. It's still the number one leading cancer. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, we're not smoking cigarettes, but we have all these new chemicals and all this stuff, and it's a bioaerosol that we breathe in, and it comes from just the air, the recycling. It's just like the water cycle. We only get one batch of water on this planet. It all gets recycled. Like, we don't create water. It just changes forms, and it moves. So the more chemicals and the more things we do that are exposed to nature, the more that's going to work its way through our supplies of air and water. So it's... uh, it's really strange, and we're not going to know the full effects for a long time, but you can look at the data and know yeah. that it's affecting us for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's what they said. Is like it's something that they're still looking into and trying to figure out, you know, how it's going to continue to impact, you know, us, not only us, but the environment itself. And more specifically in the article, it talks about, you know, for example, um, there was the production of food packaging with PFAS coating in Maine. Uh, wastewater sludge from mills where the products were produced has reportedly been used to fertilize fields where the cattle's graze. So in 2020, the Maine Department of Agriculture and the Conservation for Forestry tested the milk from the dairy farms in that area and found levels in, in one particular PFAS in a sample from the farm that was more than 150 times higher than the state regulations. So because yeah. of the you know manufacturing and the in industrial component that we've added you know to our lives, it's not it's affecting the animals it's affecting the land and, and then it's affecting eventually the consumers who are then consuming those products. Yeah. I think so. the scariest part to me is that it doesn't break down. Yeah. So it's obviously not a natural component, but then the fact that it doesn't break down wherever you, you read it, because I think one of the, the biggest uh, or the largest places that they're finding a lot of these chemicals and these things is in the landfills mm-hmm. and, you know, incinerators and in the compost and whatnot. And so if it's not breaking down, it's just sitting there, it's getting absorbed into whatever land. And then as we always mentioned too, like if it's in the soil that, you know, it's going to rain, it's then going to evaporate back into, you know, just that our natural ecosystem essentially. And, and if it doesn't break down, it's going to be there forever. Yep. That's, I mean, that's pretty, that's wild to me. Yeah, and a a couple more ways it was talking about how people can be exposed to them. Obviously, there's a variety of different ways, but there was a bunch of um, surveys conducted by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention um, that shows that the majority of people in the United States have been exposed to some sort of PFAS. So um, known exposures can be relatively low, but some can be high. Again, like we said, depending on, you know, your location um, or where you are in relation to where some of these chemicals are being used. So it could be it could be even more so depending on what area you are. And we can share a link where you can look up, you know, the contamination based on your specific location. Um, well, a I couple. Can, I can pull that map up. Okay, yeah, sounds good. And uh, I'll just mention a couple more 
of um, these. So working in occupations um, such as chemical manufacturing and processing, um, drinking water contaminated with um, with PFAS, can, eating certain foods that may contain it, um, including fish because fish swim in the water if it's in the water, um, swallowing, swallowing contaminated soil or dust, breathing air contaminated with PFAS, um, are using products made with PFAS that are pre- packaged in materials containing PFAS. So um, this is a website, the ewg.org. It's an interactive map um, of contamination. So based on like your geological, your geographical, excuse me, mm-hmm. area, you can look up and see basically what contaminations um, may be more specific to specific to you so i'll definitely link this in the description of the podcast post if you'd like to check out if you look um, at virginia i mean it looks fairly you know pretty clear right for the most part but still doesn't mean it says on military sites so i guess right um there's a lot of you know these chemicals that are affecting you know on military sites did you find anything about that did it say did it mention anything um, it didn't mention anything specific. It said that sometimes the contamination could be higher in those areas. Uh, you know, a lot of times they do have um, certain chemicals or they're manufacturing certain products. I don't know a lot about that area, but I know that. Oh, I was it thinking it was maybe like, you know, on any kind of like testing or something that they were doing. They're just talking be. about in the in the packaging as well that are on these. It could be the food that's being supplied there. It could be, like you said, any research that's being done in that area. Anything that they store on that base specifically. I think it could be a number of things, wow. uh, you know, to speculate on. But yeah. Yeah, so that was one of the uh, the known things. And then, of course, the health effects that are you know being contributed to being exposed to PFAS. So, um, reproductive um, issues. They talked about you know decrease in fertility. Um, and I know that we've talked about that on the podcast before too. Like issues with hormones, you know, for men and women. Um, developmental effects for children, um, increase of risk of cancer, which we, you know, we talk about all the time as well. Um, and then increased cholesterol levels or risk of obesity along with interference of the body's natural hormones. So a range of different things. And to me, it's just like, we always talk about the toxic load on our body just in general. Um, but learning more specifically about these and where to find them and just how common they are, uh, specifically in food that, you know, we eat out. Because, you know, at some point, everyone eats out, you eat, you eat out somewhere. And even if you're making, you know, a, a, more, a healthier choice, um, you can still be affected. So we just wanted to kind of share this information. Yeah. I mean, the one that got me was even in the Chipotle. So I guess in the, uh, the fiber bowl with four compartments, uh, there's, a, you know, a pretty high um, amount of these PFAS in there as well. Same thing for the wrapper for the burritos. Wow. So if you're getting the burrito, you're quote unquote making a you know healthier option a healthier alternative to fast food you know you think you're going to chipotle i love chipotle i'm not gonna lie um (laughs) but you know it's one of those things where you 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 know like you think you're making a healthier option and in in the actual wrappings and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. you're still absorbing these toxic chemicals yeah i mean in in mcdonald's theirs was kind of high but it surprised me like kava theirs was like astronomical it was probably like the highest out of everyone and i know you just showed the uh, the the compartment bowl for Chipotle as well, but that's the chil- that's for the children's meal, and the same thing with Kava. Their yeah, Kava. fiberglass tray is for their children's bowl, so it's yeah, like it says five hundred forty eight, so I guess parts per million. Yeah, parts per million. Man, Chick Fil A, it's gonna break some people's hearts right there. I know. Yep, the wrapper for the sandwich wrap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they have everything on here: Chipotle, Five Guys, Burger King, Checkers, Arby's, you know, Kroger, Trader Joe's, Panera, Roy Rogers, Shake Shack. Um, Whole Foods is on here. The container for their soup um, is something that they said that th- did contain some PFAS. Oh, Panera? Yeah. Panera the bread. The container for the flatbread pizza. The bag for their baguette. Get, yeah. 
the wrapper for their sandwiches. So yeah, just like just these things that you necessarily don't think of. And again, we're here trying to make a healthier decision for ourselves or whatever. And you know, at some point, <laughs> you you eat out and you're just sweet green. Yep, the paper bag well. for for Kasha. Mm-hmm. I mean, so who would think that one of the healthiest things about cooking at home is you're going to put the food on a a plate that doesn't have chemicals versus if I eat it out, like even if the food was the same, which it's not right. But like that one little decision changes the impact of what you're ingesting. It's just crazy. Yeah. And that's just how they're serving it. Like we don't know what kind of chemicals they're cooking the food on, preparing it. Is it being brought to them in bags or in plastic? Are they heating it up? Do they microwave it? Like, I mean, there's so many different aspects, but just the way that it's being served. Yeah. But even even when you think about it at home, if you're cooking it on those Teflon coated um, cookware or any of that other. Or in, you know, aluminum foil or if you don't cook with, you know, if you cook stuff with nonstick, you know. You're, you're, you know what I mean? You're kind of, you're doing the same thing as far as. Another one of the things too that I wonder is like, you know, silicone has been, has become super huge in like cooking because it's supposed to be less toxic. But again, it's one of those things that's similar to this where they're like just now doing studies on how that's going to affect us. And, you know, we don't really know. It seems like a healthier option now, but you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now when they come out with the test results of, you know, is that healthier for you or is it toxic? I'm just something that I'm interested in. Yeah. So. And with all these chemicals, you start to think like, you know, the acceleration of time, like before, you know, you would think, oh, you know, people that are are getting older would be getting these sort of cancers because they're, you know, they've been around longer. They've been, uh, you know, exposed to sort of more of these chemicals. They've had more time. But now it's looking like, you know, even younger people are going to be affected by these things. And it's going to be accelerated just because of the amount of chemicals and the amount of toxins that are you know, just out there and available to people, you know, every which way, you know, whether you're cooking on it, whether you're eating, you know, out wherever it is. Right. So the other thing too, I don't see any, any data specifically on this, but you know, if you're cooking at home and you know, a lot of people get paper plates cause you know, it's just convenient, but I would assume that the paper plates would probably be made the same way as these paper bowls from these other places and wrappers so maybe yep. ditch the paper plates too you know yeah that's another thing don't say that try not, not to, to wash the dishes yeah, you try not to <laughs> wash the dishes yeah. or, you know waste water and then you're using the you know those the single use plates and yeah they yeah. they can have you know the chemicals in it so again not only how y- the food that you where the food is coming from how it's you know packaged and you know how it gets how to you prepared. and then how it's also prepared too and then how you serve it so it's just there's a lot of different aspects and of course you know there's a million different things to worry about but just something to bring to the front of mind and that we wanted to you know bring to everyone's attention and i thought it was super interesting reading about it i was not only terrified i was actually like really researching into it because i think it's probably in more things than even what we've just discussed today yeah you know and your your skin, your hands, your body, it's the biggest organ. So you're absorbing all of these things, whether you know it or not. You're you know what I mean you're touching these receipts and wrappers and these kind of things and you're absorbing all these chemicals without even knowing. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's why like the the fresh air concept is, in my opinion, totally I flip that on its head. The amount of pesticides and stuff mm. being sprayed in the neighborhoods and all the fertilizers, chemicals, all that stuff being absorbed in the rain cycle. There's so much pollution and all of that in the air. I mean, I protect my indoor air quality. Like I never 
open the windows in my house. Like I do not want to let in any of that toxic outdoor air in. It's so counterintuitive, but I run air purifiers like crazy in this house and I don't open the windows, doors. I mean, it's like we leave, it's in and out. Like I protect the indoor air quality. Mm. Like, like there's a, like a moat around my house. Mm. Yeah. I mean, as you should, Yeah. as you should. I mean, uh, you know, I think people are starting to take your lead on those kind of things because it's, I mean, you know, it sounds bad, but that that's, it's the truth. Like you said, like they're spraying these chemicals and, and you're going out and as much as, you know I mean? You want to get that, that vitamin D and whatnot, but there's, you know what I mean? There's, it's super toxic and, and they're starting to do the research on these things and they're starting to actual, you know, get this actual data that they can reference. And I think that's the, you know I mean? That's going to be a large part about it as well as, you know, once we get this data, what do we do with it? Now we're exposing it. Now everyone's talking about it what's the next what's the next course of action yeah and i mean initially i think one of the first uh articles that i looked up it was that i guess it was in 2022 the article came out it was a recent article and that people environmental and health groups specifically are pushing for the fast food um companies to remove those things from the wrappers as they should but we talk too as like you know being a consumer and like voting with your dollars it's the same thing as supporting and making sure that the way that they're, they're serving the food is also just as good as the quality of the food we want them to provide us in the first place, you know? Mm-hmm. And then and again, the importance of cooking at home and knowing where your food is and preparing it yourself so that you're, you know, negating any of these issues that, you know, I mean, could be against you if you are, you know, having to eat out more often, things like that. So this is a crazy idea, but I just kind of thought, what if you could bring your own glass <laughs> sort of you know, plate I was with that. you. I was like, still, can, can I still get kava, but can I bring my own container? You know, <laughs> you know, maybe they, you know, they should. But Justin said it. He's like, you know, I mean, yeah, you bring the container, but still, I mean, you don't, you don't really know like what's in the food. You don't really know the quality of yeah. the sourcing. Those yeah, that's true. Well, you, at the end of the day, you are never going to get rid of it. Right. A hundred percent. Like I'm still going to go outside and breathe in air outside just like right. everybody else. Yeah. But it's about, toxic load so if i can protect if i know i'm going to sleep in this house for eight hours a night i'm going to run air purifiers and make sure i get really clean air for at least eight hours of the day the same way that i'm going to filter the water that comes into the house before it goes to the hot water heater so that it doesn't all the chemicals don't get heated up and then off gassed into my house (laughs) so it's not just protecting the indoor air quality by filtering it and keeping the windows closed, I also have to filter the water that comes in. It's everything that comes in. And even still, I'm probably reducing half of my toxic load because I am going to leave my house. I am going to eat a fast food every now and then. Chipotle is going to happen, right? And so it's not about complete elimination. It's just when you add it all up, what is the actual toxic load prevention versus Mm -hmm. what are you burdening yourself with? Because your body has a liver. Like it is prepared to process and get rid of most of these toxins to a reasonable level. One beer doesn't kill you. A thousand does. It's right. the same, same kind of thing. But we're this P, this PFAS thing and these other like Gen X and PFOAs, mm-hmm. like all these new chemicals that don't break down. That's a whole other world. Like once yeah. it's there, it's there. It doesn't go away. Right. Yeah. So it's almost like we should hurry to stop them from even making these sort of you know, things and using these chemicals in yeah. what they're, they're, you know, you know, the wrappers and those kind of things and maybe yeah. just, you know, eliminating them outright. That's why I think it's important that people are, you know, arguing against it. And, and just like, 
you know, before when people were like, we want to know, you know, where the food is coming from. Now people want to know, hey, I want it served to me, you know, not with chemicals, please. Right. On the side. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, it makes sense. And what's even scarier is that we're still, like I mentioned, learning about these chemicals and what they're going to do to us. Yeah. Like it talks about what we fully don't understand yet, um, how to better and more efficiently detect and measure PFAS in our water, air, soil, and fish and wildlife. So they don't even know for sure that the tests that they're running are 100% accurate. And, you know, that's critical. Um, how much people are exposed to PFAS. So we're just guesstimating. And again, this is from the EPA. So it's they're, they're just guessing. They don't know for sure. Well, estimating, yeah. Yeah, estimating, yeah. How harmful are they to people in the environment? How to remove them from drinking water? Those are things that, you know, we still haven't figured out yet. So it's critical to our health to... Know, be in the know about these kind of things. Yep. Yeah. Being in, like being an informed consumer as a you know as opposed to like an uninformed consumer because I think that's really what's going to you know essentially make or break you is whether you are you know using the information, listening to podcasts like these, reading this information, finding out about things like these. Yeah. Uh, so that you are you know more informed when you're making decisions out there. Yeah, trying to I guess m- you know minimize your risk as much as possible. Although you know. You can't do anything 100%. We're all going to be exposed to these in some aspects. So just yeah, but like Justin said, as long as yep. you can reduce it. Trying to do as much as you can to reduce your exposure is the most beneficial thing you could possibly do. Oh, yeah. Air filters, whole house water system, and that right there, you just lowered your cancer risk by 93%. <laughs> yeah. If you live in an apartment, someplace where you can't get a whole house water system, we can do filtering shower heads. That... That in itself, you just, same thing. You're not breathing in the toxic chemicals in the shower. You're not bathing in it. It's not being absorbed by your skin. So there are all kinds of things you can do. If, you're, if your refrigerator doesn't have a filter on it, we can do a point of view system. You can buy a Berkey that just sits on the counter. There's a million solutions to start filtering out the toxins that you're exposing yourself to. Absolutely. Yep. And if you guys have any questions about ways that you can try to eliminate your exposure or your risk, we would love to answer any of those questions that you may have. Drop them in the comment section below or post any um, topics that you'd like us to cover or research. We'd love to do that for you as well. Um, And then other than that, is there anything else you guys would like to cover? We're going to be back again next week with another podcast episode. I think we got it. All right. Well, then, uh, Justin, you can go ahead and uh, send us off. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll be back next week, as Shannon said. And as always, stay healthy with Heartland.